the biggest highlight, or I just can't call it highlight, it's the biggest thing God has been doing for me is He has unlocked something inside of me uh, that is a big hunger and desire to know Him more, to know the Father, to know the uh, Holy Spirit, to know Jesus, to see what He sees, to know what He knows, to uh, to hear what He wants to say. And that is such a deep desire in me, which, which has been growing during Illuminate, and the revelation to uh, that I'm actually one with the living God. I'm one with, with Him. And um, it has set me free from an orphan spirit, because I know I'm a son of God. Yeah, another big highlight was uh, the uh, to discover the supernatural world, uh, that it's actually something accessible right now and every hour of the day, to learn how to live uh, in this heavenly realm uh, was a significant thing for me, uh, spe specifically the prophetic. Um, I actually found out that it works, <laughs> it really does. And uh, also the same thing with dreams. I've never paid too much attention about dreams, but I discovered it. it's a very important way of God communicating uh, to his people. And it's an exciting journey to learn how to interpret dreams and to find out what, what God wants, wants to say. Another huge thing for me during Illuminate was the transparency and the love of uh, the whole leadership team uh, to see how they pour out their lives and I've, I've actually I've seen that they live what they teach and it is such an inspiration. Come on, so good. Is Sabine here? Do you know what I love about that? The prophetic actually works. It's so good. So, so good. And so it's time now for expressions of interest and applying. So if you have felt in your spirit, I really need to do it this year, then now is the time. Everyone say, now is the time. How many people are students in here? Give us a wave. So good. Well, I prophesy that some other people in here will be students uh, by July. So good. Awesome. Now, what else do we have? we have anything else coming up? No? Okay, calling all creatives. You've read it before. It's still there. It's still happening. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Please do come Saturday, the 24th of February. And Javier, how many people are excited about seeing Javier again? The Sons of Thunder coming through, but it's actually just one Son of Thunder and a woman of thunder too. So I've never met his wife, but I've heard that she's amazing. We're really excited to be having them on the third. Whoa, slow down a second. At the third of March, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Okay, and next we've got Darren Canning, the man who likes to wear bandanas. And so he's an amazing guy. Last time I saw him, it was actually the time before he prophesied over every person in the church, and myself and Todd were excited about that because we just left him to it. It was really, really good. But anyway, so he, Darren's on Tuesday, the 12th of March. Very good. How many people are feeling good? Why don't we stand to our feet, just to, stand to our feet as we welcome Belinda to come and bring the word. Come on. You could be seated. Actually, that's good. I might get you to do that a couple of times. It's harder in the afternoon, isn't it? It's like... But we're all awake. I can't see any closed eyes this week. This is awesome. We're off to a good start. How is everybody? Good. Very, very good. So we're into week five of self-governance. Um, it's been incredible the, f the first four weeks. And really, it's a lot of the preaching is very much very similar theme but coming up at it from different angles. So today I'm going to be talking about feeding from the tree of life. Who knows, that's very important to feed from that tree uh, instead of another tree. So I'm just going to pray before I do that. Father, I just thank you. Would you cause me today 
to speak only from the tree of life, that I would bring forth the fruit that you want for this room to participate and take part of. And Father, I just thank you for every heart to be open, that that the tree of knowledge would not be able to preach to anyone's hearts today, but the only words that we would be able to take in would it be from the tree of life. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought we'll frame it up that way first. Super important. Um, So I'm going to get straight into some scripture. Let's just go. I always talk about, you know, the first mention. So let's just go to the, the, those, those two trees in Genesis and what God says about those two trees. And then we'll go from there. So Genesis 2, verse 8 to 9. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight. Pleasing to the sight and good for food, sorry. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So these are your two trees that we're talking about today, tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then we're going to jump to Genesis 2, 15 to 16. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord commanded the man saying, Very clear instructions. From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat from it you will surely die. So one aspect that I hadn't really, you know, looked at before was that these two trees in his garden were trees that he put there. So God put them there. Never was it Satan's tree. God put these two trees there um, and at this point in time, the enemy had no authority on earth. So he had no no authority that had been given to him. Um, But the father in that moment of creation displayed what I believe, which I, you know, looking at it from this perspective, the father displayed in that moment of putting those two trees in because it's like this question of like, why did he put the other tree there? Why, given the, you know, um, that second tree, why would he do that for love and freedom? He put those two trees in the garden for the sake of love and freedom, the freedom and the ability for us to choose. Without that, we didn't have that freedom. So we have to see it from a perspective of like he put those trees in there lovingly And yes, he explained in that moment to Adam, there is a consequence though if you eat from that tree. Very, very clear instruction. So then Genesis, we'll jump to Genesis 3, 5 to 7. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, with her, just let's emphasize that part, (laughs) and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So at this point in time, Adam and Eve, she had known only goodness. She had not known evil until that point, but now she eats of, and Adam and Eve now knew evil. They suddenly had an awareness of um, what the enemy was capable of, what that serpent um, had its it's disposal now. So suddenly they both feel ex- extremely exposed and very much vulnerable to the elements in the natural and to the elements in the spirit. So instantly there's consequence. You've eaten of that fruit, but not just consequence. I want to also frame it up. In that moment, there was also a consequence and justice was about to be exercised by by God. So Genesis 3, 17 to 24. Then to Adam he said, 
Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweet, sweet, the sweat <laughs> of your face. It's 16 point. I should be able to see that. <laughs> you will eat bread till you return to the ground. Sorry, running joke between me and Emily. She, you know, we come out and then she's got her 12 point, and I'm like, I can't see that. It's so the 16 point I can still see. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> There's a few of amens out there that, yeah, good. I mean, some company. Um, for you are done, uh, because, uh, where do I start from the top? You will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So formerly glorified bodies, now skin, earthly bodies. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the from the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out and at the east of the garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So I know we've all read this before but I I think it's going to come with great weight today. So knowledge, when we break down that word, um, it's cunning, awares or knowledge but what I found profound was knowledge was also an intimate relationship with another person, an idea, or an experience. So that eating of the tree of knowledge was coming into intimate relationship with the knowing of the ways of the enemy. And from that moment, from that eating, you now see I've eaten from that tree so I've opened up authority for the enemy to come in. Because now they know and have an agreement with his ways. Or to put it another way, which I, you know, um, is to be entwined with him and listen to his ways. So a pathway now opens up to knowledge that is always going to bear no hope or no life. There's no life in in that tree. Um, It's a wisdom in our own eyes. Uh, It's the carnal way that we look at life. Uh, It's a life that now can perceive constant fear and constant lack, a poverty mindset, the capacity to now understand death, pain, agony, all of these things before eating of that tree they had no knowledge of. But now an intimate relationship and understanding of the ways of the enemy. Now why does God then have to put them out of the garden? Because it's like, you know, sometimes we go, well, consequence of sin, um, oh, you know, do, do away with them. I can't have them in, you know, in my eye gate anymore. It's like, you know, that we have this idea that it was just the consequence of sin that they had to be put out. But God's really spoke to me about we have to realise that it was his love and grace also that put them out of that garden because... Um, in that fallen state, God knew that would be unending pain should they ne- then reach out and take from the tree of life also. That would mean an eternity of now having no solution, um, you know, a constant torment of knowing the ways and being having that relational understanding of the enemy. And so... And not only that, that, the, that God saw that this would be for generations. So this doesn't, wasn't just a consequence for Adam and Eve. It meant for every future generation behind them that they would now, if they'd taken of that fruit, they would now be in this unending, never, um, 
you know, finding hope or solution. And so out of his love and his grace, yes, consequence, but you've got to see it in the midst of what a loving God he was to put, he, put them out and put a number on their years. That actually we start to perceive it as a great judgment of I, I'll put you out because of my mercy, I put you out in that state. But what, so that, you know, there would never ever be an unending pain that they couldn't find solution for. But God knowing, he's putting them out, knowing already there's a way coming. Knowing already that there's a plan, there's redemption, that I am going to bring forth Jesus, the tree of life, and I'll give them a place for that to to return. So he was knowing, putting out, but knowing full well that he was bringing that way back, that they were not going to just have um, the capacity to touch heaven again, but we would, us now, um, not just touch that heavenly realm, but actually go, what does it look like to actually believe that he has a way for us to be able to come into that Eden reality? of cultivating the land in the way that Jesus in the way that God had intended the father had intended what would it look like for us to have abundant life to be walking in the cool of the night with the with the lord so this is the invitation that the tree of life now is Jesus with eternity attached was not just an exit plan i've got my golden ticket to heaven but what does it look like reflected here on earth so galatians 3:13 says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How cool is that? Sorry. Should have prepared this earlier. The people on the podcast will be like, what's happening? What's happening? You will never know because you didn't come. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit, that bit cruel, wasn't it? Um, so when Rachel came and asked me, um, she said, hey, you know, really felt for me to preach this message in particular. And I was like, okay, no worries. So I just lent in and I was just like, okay, God, if, you know, if they feel that that's, you know, you know the substance of what I carry... And I land in, and the first picture I got actually was a, a picture of the a wooden a wooden cross, um, and I heard the Lord say, "People get stuck there," and I was like, "Okay, so you're talking to me about the tree of knowledge, um, and people getting stuck there. But what are you saying?" And then it, the image shifted where it actually like became like a physical tree, and when I looked up the definition. Um, of the cross, it can also mean gallows, um, obviously. So this dead wood, this tree, was the gallows, which is the thing that obviously held Jesus there. And, um, and I saw that it preached to the people, but it preached death and hopelessness. Now, that physical tro- tross, cross where Jesus hung, he likened it to me as the tree of knowledge. Now, don't wait till I clarify that because you're like, what? The cross is not like dead wood. Um, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is the part where people don't get past the perspective of the death aspect, that it becomes for them the 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 wood that preaches that tree that preaches to them of no solution. Um, just like the image you see of like ca- people carrying a cross with Jesus still on the cross. It's like if we don't move past, you know, Jesus being on the cross and dying on the cross, we've actually not moved into the tree of life and seen what that actually meant. So people, so when God said to me, like people stop short, um, 
it's because they, they'd stop short seeing what actually then occurred after the cross. Because if you stop at where Jesus was, um, you know, and let your flesh, for those of the believers, but also for those that are not believers, it's, you know, we, we both do it. So it's not just you're sitting here listening to a message thinking, oh, that's for unbelievers. No, we do this in our hearts by the way that we engage with the cross and its power. Um, so some people still have this, um, the way that we relate to Jesus is almost like a, this dead body that like hung and then it provided no solution. Like in that moment for people that were standing at the cross and you know, gathered around the cross and seeing Jesus' dead body, their hope faded they couldn't perceive that this was supposed to be the king. He was the redeemer. He was supposed to bring the, you know, the solution, the way. Um, he's our king. What do you mean? Like he's now dead and we're taking him down off the cross. And people then you know, despaired of and had no hope for, wow, okay, maybe he wasn't who he said he was. Even Satan thought he'd won because he has no access to the tree of life. So he's looking at this tree of you know, knowledge of good and evil and going evil just won, evil just took out Jesus and now this is the the tree that's going to continue to preach for the generations. But we all know that God gave Jesus for that way back. And so we have to move um, into knowing that he's like this life-giving opportunity exists to beyond the dead tree where Jesus was, you know, resurrected. So we're leaning past and through the cross to go, what's that heavenly realm that I now get to touch? The tree of life that I get to grab a hold of um, where there's abundant life. And, you know, for some, for some of us, there's like the aspect, you know, probably not, not most people that, you know, attend Field of Dreams, but for some it's like it's the ticket of like I touch the resurrection and I've got my ticket to heaven and that's enough, you know, that some just don't go then to go what does it mean now for my daily life and that's what we've got to move to is the tree of life being a daily preach to us as opposed to that one time ticket that you held on and that you now have a heavenly access for when you die it's now okay what does it look like to engage that daily the tree of life and because if we continue we may have our ticket to heaven but if we continue to engage that the dead wood you basically it says, you know, that it puts you back under the curse, which, go, which I can go back to, which was a cursed ground, fear, toil, thorns and thistles, pain and suffering with no solutions. Um, so we, we've got something far greater than that when we actually engage with the tree of life on a daily basis. Um, because in that, knowing his ways and his means, his provision, his solutions, a heavenly, heavenly realm, and being able to see as he sees, doing as he leads, just like Jesus did, being able to see what the Father was doing and being able to do that, that's tapping into the tree of life. So we have to do that on a daily basis. We've got to give up <laughs> believing the enemy's report. Because that tree, all it wants to preach to you is the bad report. We have to be able to reach into that heavenly realm and go, what's heaven's report about the circumstances that I see in front of me? Tap into that place of Eden, pull it back and go, what does it look like for his kingdom coming here? And really, the question today is like, walk away with whose report am I going to believe? What tree am I going to continue to eat from? So when circumstances are confronting you, you can choose. Daily, you get to choose. What tree am I going to, you know, allow to preach to, preach to me? So a really well-known example in the Bible um, now, I'll share this from, I want to first talk about this person, about his heart posture, before we go and talk about the report that he saw. So, if Exodus 33, verse 11. Thus the Lord used 
to speak to Moses face to face, to face, just as a man speaks to his friends. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So I just want to frame this as an example that we see Joshua was the one that continued to meet with God, that even when Moses was, got on and went about his work, there was a lingering there was a hunger for more of his presence. There was this, like, I am staying here because I love your presence. I love your ways. I want to be familiar with what you say about me. And, you know, just, I, I don't know what God was revealing to him in those moments that he lingered. But this is what set him up for the next part, which is Numbers 13, verse 27 to 33. I'll skip 29 though. Um, Thus they told him and said, we went into the land, this is obviously the 12 spies, but it, you know, look, it doesn't say much about Caleb, but I imagine that he was also a man that really, really pursued the Lord um, in the same way. Um, So the other 10 spies, we'll get to them in a minute. Thus they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us and it certainly does flow with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and are very large and moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Jump to 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should be by all means go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim and we become like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. Now jump to Numbers 14 verse 6 to 10. Sorry, it's a lot of scripture, but we need it. (laughs) Joshua and the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. Twelve men seeing so differently. Just like we, as a body of believers, can see so differently. So, you know, you've got Joshua and you've got Caleb um, that saw absolutely through the tree of life. They saw through that lens of the tree of life telling them. And because they'd been with the Lord, they knew that our God's good. He's faithful, he's powerful, he's gracious, he's a covenant-keeping God. Uh, They saw through this lens of victory and um, so hope-filled about the future. They saw through the lens of we are God's favourite and we are his chosen people. The other ten, on the other hand, eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Deadwood. There's no life there. And so what happens is all they see is their fear, intimidation. They see evil. They're giants. They've got fortified cities. And what did they do? They shrank back with that fear when it was for their taking. But they couldn't draw from a tree that they hadn't been cultivating They couldn't draw from a tree where they hadn't spent time, where they didn't understand who the Father was. And I I believe it's exactly the same for us now, is that we can't draw fruit from a tree that we're not cultivating. 
You have to be able to spend the time so that you know, like the same thing, this is what self-governance is. You can't expect a return on something that you are not sowing into. You, you can't expect to pull from the tree of life when you are feeding daily from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. These 10 men could not come up with the same view as the two because of where they where they where they'd been preached to and who by so we have to do the same we have to be able to go okay we we need to invest our time it's like the analogy of like you put a seed in the ground I won't use my examples of gardening. Um, put a seed in the ground and it gets a tiny bit of light, one bit of water, and it might bear like one fruit once. And that's the, you know, yes, I've you know, got a piece of fruit. Compa- comparative to that is what it looks like to actually to tend to that, like, you know, our garden with the Lord. What does it look like to tend to that seed and go, you know what, I'm going to continue to water, give it the light that it needs. Might need a little bit of a prune, like we did up at the farm last year. Um, rather than letting it bear fruit, we cut, cut it all back so that it then produces more fruit the following year. Fertiliser, just like whatever it needs, like making sure the soil is tilled and, you know, just other things that you need for gardening. Love? (laughs) But then you expect an abundant amount of fruit. Then you expect if I continue in that same vein, I'm going to be able to pull fruit from that tree every season. So if you liken those two examples, it's, you know, that drawing once, I got my ticket to heaven. I got one piece of fruit off this thing and I'm going to let that sustain me. And then for the rest of the time, you keep eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and expect it to bear good fruit. It can't bear good fruit. There's no good fruit in it. So those that draw once from that tree of life and then fail to keep going back and cultivating that tree is that you constantly seeing on an earthly plane you, you know, it's like it's like locking you to this this ground and what you know what we believe in the natural, um, you know, the elements and the circumstances that everything then preaches to you because you can't eat from that tree. And if you and for me, I'm like I want to be the person that's leaning in and cultivating that tree and getting fruit from that. Twelve months of the year, that you're pulling in those fruits, um, investing time daily with him, that you, he's the tree of life himself. What does it look like to go, I am pressing in to lean into his ways, lean into his understanding, um, so that I then have a knowing of what it looks like for my ways to then be manifest that reflect the kingdom. I want to be able to see as he sees when I see someone before me or I see a situation before me because that comes with a, a heavenly realm for every circumstance. So no circumstance can ever preach to me again because it's like I'm coming from a higher plane because I'm eating from the tree of life. And so, okay, tree of knowledge of good and evil, you can't preach to me. That circumstance can't tell me that that's never going to happen and that I'm, you know, this sickness is for, for a lifetime, just as an example. So we've got to be like, you know, engaging him, cultivating that, you know, that, that beautiful garden of the heart with him, getting into the word, devouring his word so that it becomes something in and through you, like Todd shared this morning, just getting in there because you're so excited to read his word because it actually reveals more of who he is. Holding that because the more words you've got in, the more fight you've got. You can't fight with what you don't know. This is, this is the, the ballast to like fighting the enemy because if he says something that's like, that's evil report, it's like, 
Oh, maybe that's true. No, no, no. I've got the word that backs me. That's like, you know, by, my, by your stripes, I am healed. You can't fight with that if you're not cultivating that place of the tree of life in your life. So this is self-governance, guys. So I'm gonna, I'll give you an example of, um, in my own personal life. Um, I could give you multiple, but I'll give you this one. Um, you know, we all know that we've been engaging with the government mountain. So, um, and that's been, you know, a, cu- a couple of years now. And so when we first signed up into, you know, one of the parties, which you all know what that one is, but for anyone listening out there that doesn't, you should have been here. Um, real tough, though. I can't say that because actually there's people all around the world that watch this. I do apologise. It's, uh, it's the Liberal Party. Um, but anyway, so we felt, I felt this leading to go and govern in, in the political space. You know, it was like, okay, we're going to step in. But, that, but that's all I got was this sense of we need to step in and govern. I know nothing, but I feel like God said step into this party to, to govern there, to make a difference. Um, a few months in, I'm talking three, three months. Three months in, I get a phone call saying, um, would you consider running for president in your local electorate? Uh, my heart went, um, no. Um, at that stage, I'm like, I've been in here half a minute and I don't even know, you know. Someone mocked me one of the first meetings I ever had. This is just a little side, side thing. Um, and they said, oh, Ledgeco. And I was like, Ledgeco? I was like, well, what's Ledgeco? And they all rolled their eyes and they made it the Legislative Council. And I was like, that's how little I knew. It was like, you know, the whole lingo of like... So... I've learned a lot. So Ledgeco is Legislative Council, just so you know. <laughs> I've had to endure much, much embarrassment. But anyway, I'll get, to, I'll get to that in what I'm about to share. Um, so my first gut was no. Actually, it was probably hell no. Um, I ruled it out. And the reason I ruled it out, like I didn't give them my no on the phone because, you know, I know better than that. Um, but my inner world went, well, I feel completely ill-equipped in that. I've been in here for just a couple of months. Uh, and if I wanted to do it well, I'll do it very relational. I went over the people as in, you know, just, just thinking about like how I, I would do it so that I don't tread on anyone's toes and, um, you know, all of that. Um, and, but it was all like in my own strength, what I could do, how much I could learn in that time frame and, you know, all of that. So I had absolutely begun eating from the tree of knowledge. Um, so I was weighing up how much to learn, what it could look like in 12 months, uh, at what point would I feel comfortable to be able to do that. Um, you know, and even with my inner world just going, oh, would I be ready to, you know, hold the gate and what would that look like? Um, and I, so I concluded uh, with the enemy's estimation of things. I was like, yep, yep, come into agreement with the estimation of the enemy that I should wait a year and then I'll weigh it up in a year. And like I said before, it's like I know better than that. So um, I was like, okay, God, that is my heart, that's what I'd like to do. And so I went away and I just worshipped, I prayed and I said, God, you just need to show me what you're doing and show me your timings and is this what you have for me right now? So I'm talking like I'm barely into the worship and this scripture drops, scripture that's not known to me. I won't share the scripture today because it's quite personal about how I'm meant to engage this gate. Um, but rest assured, that scripture dropped so deeply into my spirit um, and my heart that I, I was in tears and I was just like, I could feel the weight of it, I could feel the direction, I could feel the equipping, I could feel him just say, the time is now and 
and that I will absolutely qualify you to be in there and that I wasn't to look for my natural senses to tell me, um, you know, what that's going to look like over the next year uh, and that I needed to lean into him to know how to be that president and to lean into him and go, okay, you've got this because now I was not doing any of it in my strength. It was now so far out of what I perceived as my capability um, that he had to come through for me to pull that off. Um, So I had to see past that dead wood, that tree of knowledge, and go, I am not going to let that tree preach to me. It can't be of higher value than the the resurrection and that heavenly realm that wants to speak a better way. Um, And so we all have examples of that. So I'm not telling you something that's like, you know, just common to me. We all have these examples of like him saying just, this is beyond your capacity, but that's why I have you there. (laughs) You know, in all of these different circumstances that you feel not qualified or whatever it is. Um, But he can achieve far more when we actually go, that dead wood of tree of knowledge and good and evil is not going to be the one that I'm going to listen to to form my opinions about where I go, um, how I operate, and what I think that he's capable of doing through me. Um, So... I look back now, um, I still have wobbly moments, lots of them actually, because he keeps then raising me up into new parts within the Liberal Party. Okay, can you, um, with, you know, and not one time have I asked to be on any of the different committees. it literally has been the Lord has raised me up into these positions and every time I get wobbly, it's like wobble. Why? Because I'm listening to the tree of knowledge that wants to preach again and go, you can't do that. You can't step in here. You can't step in there. These are the reasons. You're going to look stupid. Like whatever it is that, you know, your inner dialogue wants to preach. But I had to make a choice that I'm going to have to keep feeding from the tree of life daily, especially when engaging politics, (laughs) It's like those that have been in the Liberal Party alongside of me, you understand what that means. Um, You have to daily make those choices of like where am I going to look for um, what defines me and how my operating system works. Um, And trusting too that the the fruit of that first year actually made a way for me for the other things that I got risen up into. And that people were looking, hoping, wishing I would fail. Not all of them, but there was a contingent that actually wanted deeply for me to fail because, you know, we're taking territory and they were not happy. But I have seen the Lord win me favour with even some of those hardest critics not because I'm special, but because I continue to try, don't always get it right, try and feed from the tree of life. Try to go, okay, God, how, how do you want to win the hearts and minds of the people? Because I wanted to do it in my own capacity, but he said, you watch by the fruit of how, how you work within the party, how they see you operate for that year. If I had waited another year for my time frame, I absolutely believe that even as a congregation, we'd be further, and this isn't an ego thing, so please hear my heart, that we would be behind on a timeline because I was able to forge forward and show the way for others. And so it's so important that for each one of you, that you listen for the timelines of the Lord because it's not just about you and your victory and what you need to do. It's about if I get this time frame wrong, then some others may not be able to come through as quickly in whatever it is that you're called to as well. So this isn't unique to me. Don't look at it as a, you know, as a story of just you know, what I've journeyed. It's for each of us. 
that he needs for us to pick up those assignments when he tells you and get the timings of the Lord because you've led into the timeline of the tree of life and if he says now, then it's now. Equally so, if he says no, not now, then it's not now. Because equally, you can't raise yourself up into a place of self-promotion because he's not going to be in that either. Because the, that, that tree of knowledge wants to go, oh, well, you overlooked, you need to you know, raise yourself up and you step in and then, then watch. And God's just like, you can't operate in that either. You have to lean in to his timings. And the only way you can do that is if you continue to eat from the tree of life. So now I look around in the, um, the Liberal Party and there's so many people coming through that are equally leaning into the tree of life and going, I mean, I see so many of you just in this room, tree of life and going, what does it look like for a heavenly realm to touch the Liberal Party? And not for the sake of the Liberal Party. What does it look like for the heavenly realm t- to um, encounter... Um, the Liberal Party for the sake of the state and the nation, you know. So we've got to see that what our part is in all of this. To see now that there's so many people that are stepping out in this political space and actually in faith going, all right, I'm doing it, doing it scared, as we always say. Um, but you've got to keep that place of just like letting the right tree be your fruit. Don't eat from the wrong tree. Because we've got to be able to discern his voice and the only way you can do that is if you continue to eat from his tree and trust his voice. Um, And I want to be so certain that I'm listening to his narrative over my life as opposed to listening to the narrative of the enemy speak to me. So think about the time and where you're spending it, where you're investing. So Revelations 2.7, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So overcome is to prevail, conquer, victorious, or to subdue. You know what? We just have same, similar choice to Eve, is that we have to choose what tree we're eating from. Um, and every time you choose him and his ways, you're overcoming, you're subduing the enemy. This is what to overcome Partly means, I mean, Rachel would probably unpack this in such a deep way, but, but this is a part of the overcoming, is the choices that you're daily making to subdue the enemy by saying, I do not agree. I don't agree and I'm not going to come into agreement with you and, and I am going to eat. Your reward is eating from the tree of life in his glorious presence. So Revelations 22, 2, 5. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There were no longer, there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the land will be in it. And his bond servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. So this isn't just, I believe, future heaven after we die. This, this is invitation, you guys, for us to actually tap into this tree of life that yields fruit every month, abundant, to tap into its leaves that are healing for the nations and that it says, you know, that you no longer sit under a curse. This isn't a heavenly reality for when you die. We have to get a hold of that. I know we hear it a lot preached in this house, but we have to have an understanding of like, we've got to tap into this tree of life because This is what's available. You would no longer be under a curse. What does that look like to be so engaged with the tree of life that you don't come under a curse because you know your authority to call things that aren't into 
obeying. For every single person in this room and those listening, it's the ability to continue to overcome. Every time you eat from that tree of life, you're, you're engaging with the, the face of the Father, that heavenly realm that carries with it transformation, not just for your own heart, but transformation for your world around you. It talks about like the healing of the nations. You engage the tree of life, you actually carry healing for the nations. We become heaven on earth, glorified bodies. What, what would that even look like? To engage the tree of life to such a point. I mean, this is what the end times looks like. The, the sun's being revealed. What would it look like? Do, do we do away with the skin and the, the, the heavenly glorified bodies is what still remains because we are so much in the tree of life and understanding of who we are that we radiate that light. These are invitations. That, you know, I don't nowhere near there, but I'm, I, I, I so long and desire to have an understanding of like pulling on that realm. So the other vision that I had when I was preparing for this um, was actually a picture of a brain. Um, so I'm driving along and I was just like started, and this was just the, a couple of days ago, so this is the, the new addition to the, to the preach today. Um, but it's, I saw it um, like a flash of a tree. And you actually, the brain, when you look at a brain, actually, do you want to put the picture up um, and I saw it like a, tr- a tree like a physical tree um, abundance you know f- of fruit and um, and the Lord just saying to me be transformed by the renewing of your mind um, so I'm just giving some practical ways I know I've talked you know like a bigger scale but I, I just want to give some practical thoughts because this sometimes helps people to um, to see it from a different angle, is that this visual, the Lord was saying, there's two ways to build. So if you're building um, with the tree of life or you're building with the tree of knowledge, is that one carries in our brains, this is even science, science backs up this, that if you are building in a negative from the tree of knowledge, fear, death, then actually that reflects in the scans of your brain. If you are, um, but no one else can do that for you. The only person that can take those thought life, that thought life, and this is why we're talking about self-governance, no one else can cause you to think the right way. You have to govern your world to go, how am I going to think? And this isn't just like a natural thing. I'm talking about like supernaturally being able to lean into this tree. Um, so you can see your thoughts as building in one of, two ways is that if you're taking and constantly eating from that tree of knowledge then it's going to contain constant despair negativity um, seeing no hope no ability for transformation um, it allows for nothing of the supernatural so hope gets shut down when we constantly engage with the narrative of the tree of knowledge um, it's this, the carnal thinking that shuts down our natural brains to be able to see a way through, seeing hope, seeing anything of supernatural. And, but contrasted to a beautiful image of a beautiful tree where you're eating from the tree of life um, and it physically fires your brain in a positive direction and that on a scan will show up. So it's science as well as the spirit realm and what that looks like, about renewing our mind. So um, branches of thinking that are life-giving, hope-filled, faith-filled and loving, um, this tree is going to bear so much fruit because, you know, you're creating pathways. This is what he likened it to me. Um, You're creating pathways of thinking when you engage with the tree of life that physically become the landing place for God to manifest because his supernatural kingdom can't land on terrible thinking. 
because terrible thinking carries no realm of hope, it carries no realm of faith. And so he's looking for the thinking of the kingdom that he put there when you engage with the tree of life because that believing his truth is the substance of heaven. Does that make sense? So the more that we engage the tree of life, that has the capacity and the pathway, the landing place for things of the supernatural to come. The more we engage with the tree of knowledge, brains shut down, and you, the consequences in front of you, you know, circumstances in front of you preach to you and God can't move because there's actually no substance of thinking that allows for that faith realm and you know, the pathway. So the tree doesn't exist there for that supernatural funnel for heaven to actually come in and through you and manifest into your world. So where we put our thought life is so important. So one of the, um, some of you probably heard me preach this before, but uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 was one of the first scriptures that I ever got, I put up on my wall, um, you know, new believer, and it's, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And this is what overcomers do. It doesn't happen to us like just supernaturally happens. There's a partnership to the tree of life. We are destroying. We demolish arguments. God doesn't say, I demolish every argument. No, we demolish. There's a partnership here of you engaging with the tree of life so that you can demolish those arguments because God wants to reveal truth and go, this is truth that needs to dismantle every lie that you've been listening to. And that's what overcomers do. So you have a role to play about your thought life, and that thought life has to be geared towards the tree of life because that's where your mind gets renewed. That's the only way your mind gets renewed. You can't do the renewing of the mind and your heart be transformed without actually engaging with the tree of life. So as much you know, positive thinking, if you don't attach that positive thinking, it's still coming out of a place of knowledge. You have to lean into the spirit and what the spirit says. That truth that I put up on my wall, I literally had it up there for years and I let it speak to me and I would constantly, what lies am I believing God? What things do you need to demolish? And this is what framed my early years of being a Christian because he was able to instill so much truth into my inner world that it actually framed up things like going forward so it become easier the more I was able to go that's a lie that's a lie that's a lie you bat it away you know even when I got saved I got saved at 22 and I remember like having this moment when you know wow okay shame for the things I'd done in my past not knowing the Lord but I'd done you know it's like and the enemy wanted so the tree of knowledge wanted to preach to me and say that like I want you to agree with shame and you need to like, like stay attached to all the bad things that you did and how you, awful you were in this and that. Um, and I remember just going at first, wow, shame, you know, um, because I believed his report. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Okay, God, I am going to lean in. And by the Spirit, I'm going to ask you, God, to bring truth that permeates every part of my being to know what you say. The tree of life. What do you say? And he gave me this scripture to this day. It's like still profound for me. Um, out of Song of Songs. Oh, beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. To this day, I still take that in and I remember those, that glorious moment of transformation in my heart where the enemy could no longer wave that in front of me and condemn me for my past and he knew when he lost the battle and that that tree of knowledge could no longer preach to me I felt it I felt his grasp like gosh he was ticked off <laughs> because the shame fell away because it's like you can't preach to me about a past that I repented of 
and that I had no knowledge that it was, you know, I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. And so when he let that truth permeate and transform me, you couldn't, I couldn't find that shame anymore. So that's the tree you've got to feed from whenever the enemy wants to preach to you of your past or your decisions or this, stuffed up there, you did this, you did that. No. God, what's your report of me? Tree of life, what does he say? We've got to keep feeding from the right tree. Because your transformation depends on it and equally those around you their transformation depends on you eating from the right tree. And when we eat from this tree, we are able to see a hope and a future. You know, I've had people <clears throat> ask me about, you know, the government and with great despair looking at the situation about how we're being governed in this state and nation and being overwhelmed and like this is just getting worse, it's getting more evil, um, listening to the bad report, the bad report of the enemy that yes, it's looking awful out there, but I'm not going to stop at that dead wood and go, wow, despairing, this is, things are getting bad, how do I you know, prep my bunker and hope for the best? No. What are you doing? We're leaning in and, I, you know, when people ask me about, like, the government space especially, it's like, I have great, great hope because you lean into the tree of life and he's telling me things about the future of this state. So if he's telling me these things, I believe him. And not only do I believe him, I'm asking him, what's my part? So everyone in this room has a part to play for your own personal life, but what is your part when it comes to this state and to this nation? But you can only know your part if you're leaning into the tree of life. Because the tree of knowledge doesn't want you to know what your part is and doesn't want you to partner there. And it wants to hold you in shame and wants to preach to you daily. So I leave you with this that we have to choose the tree of life daily and let it preach to you. Let it transform your heart, let it renew your mind, but you have to take captive those other thoughts that want to, you know, that, that picture of the, the beautiful tree within our minds. We want those trees to be flourishing. We don't want dead wood up there it's like got no pathway and no landing place for the, um, for the supernatural to, to come and manifest in and through your life. So, um, so on that note, let's take up communion. Father, I thank you that you had the plan of redemption all along. I thank you for your love and your grace to put us out so that you could pull us right back in. We thank you for Jesus, the pathway back, the tree of life. God, would you cause every heart in this room and those listening to have a profound longing to eat from the tree of life. God, that whenever the tree of knowledge wants to preach to us, would you just remind us 
of where the fruit is. God, would you also help us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to you? Every rogue thought that doesn't align to your estimation of who we are and what we're created for. God, give us the ability to see as you see. That we would pull on a heavenly realm and cause it to manifest in and through our lives. God, that we want to believe the report of heaven for every circumstance that we see before us right now. So Jesus, we take this communion now in thanks of making that way back to you. In Jesus' name. I encourage you to just start taking communion more often. If that then helps in a process of like, as I take communion, I'm eating from the tree of life and what he did for us. Sometimes something symbolic can, you know, just help us in our daily. So make it, you know, ask the Lord, is this a way to help me to engage with the tree of life? Thanks, guys. So Tuesday night, if you want to come, come along to Tuesday night. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.